0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, "'Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path.'" Good morning, welcome back. Thanks for joining us this morning as we take a few minutes out of our day and study God's word. This is for Friday morning and the weekend Is upon us I hope you look forward to a great weekend getting some rest hope you look forward to joining us this Sunday we know it's Labor Day weekend and so a lot of people are going to be enjoying some vacation time but if you're local and in the area we'd love to have you join us for our morning services we have our nine o'clock Bible classes and then we have our 1030 morning service and we just hope you'll join us uh, this coming weekend if you're following along in scripture we're in the book of Matthew chapter number 12 and we're gonna jump through really two sections or two thoughts this morning in the time we have, um, referencing two almost completely different ideas. The first one kind of comes off the heels of what we talked about yesterday when Jesus was accused of casting out um, demons by the power, by Satan. Um, The second one's going to talk about really the power of our words. Let's go real quickly to what many reference these couple verses to be the unpardonable sin. Verse 31, it says, Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. So the question comes, what is he referencing in this, what we call the unpardonable sin? What sin is it to the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to blaspheme the Holy Spirit? And I mean, there's going to be a lot of different aspects depending who you speak to um, uh, the answer to this or what they believe the answer is to be. Uh, Let me just give you a couple thoughts. First of all, you see it begins verse 31. He says, therefore I say to you, that is a concluding thought. Uh, so the best way to get an understanding of the context really is what answers the question here is you have to go back to what we talked about yesterday when he's referencing the idea of being accused of casting of his work, the work of the Holy Spirit being done and it being attributed to Satan. So please remember uh, when Jesus did, many times you see this in the, in the Gospels, when Jesus would do a miracle, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon him. And there's a big debate over whether or not, a big question of whether or not Jesus could only work when the Holy Spirit came we know he limited his power he took on the form of a human he was also a hundred percent God so the debate of could he work without the Holy Spirit but we do know in this case that the work he accomplished was through the Holy Spirit so what you see is when the people in the last few verses attributed that work he did by casting out the demons they attributed that Holy Spirit work to Satan uh, and, he, and he said it's blasphemy to do that. He says you can you can blaspheme against me and against other things, but you blaspheme blaspheming the work of the Holy Spirit and attributing it to Satan. He says there is no forgiveness for that. I would say it's kind of the immediate context of this passage. How do we do that kind of thing today? Well, you could literally, and some could just blaspheme the holy spirit by attributing it to satan things of that nature can i tell you probably the most simplistic thing that can happen today if you were to go another a bit of a not controversial but sometimes rough context was hebrews chapter 6 and it really that chapter references the holy spirit's work in the lives of somebody and he says anybody who has been lightened tasted of the heavenly gift and the good work from god now i don't believe in that passage those people were saved they were convicted of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit opened their eyes to the truth. They needed to be saved, and yet they continue to sin. They continue to also reject the Holy Spirit. What he says there comes a point where you reject the Holy Spirit, you can't come back. Uh, at some point, God's gonna say, I've given you enough options. Again, this is to unsay. I've given you enough options. You've said no too many times. You've rejected my Holy Spirit. You will not, yes, there comes a point If you say no to the Holy Spirit enough, you cannot be saved. Though those who think, I'll just get saved when I'm 50 or 80 or whatever at the end of my life, after I enjoy my life, there's no guarantee to be offered to you. The Bible says a man cannot be saved except the Father draw him. And uh, so is there a chance that God's still going to be giving you that option? Salvation is not one of those... When I'm done doing what I'll do, then I'll come to God, kind of tip him at the end of our life. It, Jesus and God is actively engaged in this. Now I do not believe that God forces salvation on us as some in the uh, harder right of what we call Calvinism would believe that uh, God unmerited favor or irresistible grace for God forces it, but God is part of it. You cannot erase God, this is not just me. So if God's working and I reject it, there comes a point where well, I lose the opportunity. Let's continue on down to verse number uh, 33. Verse, he says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you be being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So he's talking about the idea that when you look at a tree, obviously you can tell the tree, you're not gonna look at an apple tree and say it's something else. So you can tell what kind of tree it is by the fruit it produces, and you can actually tell how healthy the tree is by the fruit that comes off of it. And then he comes in and he really talks about the, how can you think you speak good things when frankly inside you're evil? So he continues that verse 35, this is a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you, for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it. In the day of judgment, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now this is a very powerful passage here, we understand, because if we're not careful, our words sometimes, we just kind of randomly talk, we randomly go off, and we don't, especially in today's day and age where there's so much information out there, we've got to be careful to really consider the words we say and how powerful they are. So he simply comes out and says, if you want to know what someone's really like, you want to know what's really going on inside, I mean the heart, the mind, the soul, uh, what's really taking place in the inner part when no one else really knows, how do you know that? Well, listen to their words. And words come out in so many different matters, right? Uh, what they post on social media, what they say to people, how they react to certain things, our communication, our words. When you put those out, people say, well, I didn't really mean that. Well, You said it. You put it out there. At some point you did. So the simple premise is if you want to know what someone's really like, just listen. Just listen to their words. I've often said this, you know, people can come into a group, to a church or whatever, and they can put on a front. They can look like a Christian. They can act and even sound like a Christian, but if they're not truly saved, they can only put that on for a short period of time the Christian life is supposed to be natural. It's what we call organic. It's the Christian life is God working in me and me growing. And as I grow, I begin to grow and change through sanctification. So the idea that I can fake it for a period of time is not true. And if you listen long enough, you begin to see, and there's a point where somebody's, you know, they got a rough past, and so that past still comes out. But generally, you'll see this repetitive communication or whatever's going on says something you can even see that what someone says okay they're just hurting inside the old phrase hurting people hurt people and so there's something dig bigger going on dig down deep find out what what's really going on in there and so that that's a lot of our words but he just makes this powerful thought and we could go into a lot try and dig down to really all of it what it entails but let me just evaluate this with me he says in verse 36 I say to you that if for every idle word, that men may speak they will give an account of it to the day of judgment that's a scary thought that we will give an account to god for our idle words for by your words you will be justified by your words you'll be condemned well i'll just finish with the thought why is it so powerful have we considered the power of our words as a preacher just like today uh, recording this and, and and putting this online uh preaching on sunday communicating to people it is something that's in the forefront of my mind is the power of words Uh, I was saying about this the other day, sometimes people like to use a phrase preacher sometimes. They'll use something to get a point across or they'll, they'll teach an opinion strongly enough. Well, sometimes you've gotta be careful if we're not clear on what we're teaching because somebody may take it and run with it. And I'm not saying that we're always accountable for what someone else wants to interpret wrongly, but if we're not clear, it can be dangerous. So the key is this, that we need to be careful as preachers what words we're using when we're mentoring but think about this around your neighbors think about this with your family think about this with what the world's watching and our idle words and i don't mean idle as every word has to be spiritual and gospel and that every word we say has to be you know giving the gospel Uh, what i am saying is that our words should honor god and the way we speak to in ephesians he says let no corrupt communication recede out of your mouth but that which is good the use of edifying that it may minister grace to the hearers, the power of our tongue. Very, very powerful and very, very damaging if we're not careful with that. So I encourage you to just evaluate those things. And if, if you're struggling with things you're saying or want to say, then just take some time and say, Lord, I, there's some things in my life that I, I need to work on. And that is something that I think that uh, is a great temperature for ourselves. If I'm frustrated and angry, lashing out, Lord, I need your help to know what it is in my life that is kind of directing me this way. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Friday morning and giving me a chance to be part of your day. Appreciate the opportunity. Hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. And if you're with family uh, this Labor Day week and enjoy it, get some rest and just uh, look to the Lord and uh, find rest in him even over the weekend. If you're your local, spend, I hope you join us at church as we continue in our study through the word of God. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again on Monday.